Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. What's up? Welcome back to Barton and Bud. I'm Barton Simmons. That's Bud Elliott. We are here uh, on a Sunday night talking about week two of SEC ball, week five of FBS ball, and this season is going to be so much fun because we are conference only all year long, and week two of SEC was awesome. There was upsets all over the place, bud. We got a lot to get to. Uh, how are you doing on this Sunday night? I'm doing well, man. My my bets are not second straight week. I lost a first half team total under because the team gave up a safety. Uh, I, oh, yeah. you're on that? Oh, man. But I, I had Tulsa under 10 and a half first half. Okay, they're not moving the ball at all. UCF runs four yards back into their end zone. Safety. Uh, they oh. have 12 points at the half. And last week, I had Vandy under three and a half first half points, and the score is seven to five after AM drops a punt in its own end zone. So I thought you were, uh, I thought you were alluding to being on the TCU Texas under that hit with the intentional safety at the end of the game that, as it turns out, shouldn't have been uh, allowed, in fact. That's that's definitely bad beat. I, I, I did hear you, uh, you killed it over the weekend, though. So that's I am seeing the ball right now. We'll see if this is, you know, see if I can keep it rolling. I was seven and one on the cover three locks pod on my personal bets. I was nine and two. So, you know, let's, uh, this is, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if it's, if, if it's early season luck or whether I can keep, keep this thing, keep this train rolling. You guys are getting intel from somebody who is really dialed in and somebody who is not. So um, you're on the, you've been on the um, uh, closing line value train. Right. Like that's like your thing. Like this is the new, this is my new, this is not the thing that this is not something I've ever really been paid attention to. But this year it seems like that's the new hotness in gambling is like the smart people are jumping on this. Like you got to get the closing line value. Is that kind of your, your approach right now? That that's really always how I've, I've graded it because if you assume like college balls are a, a fairly efficient market, right? Like it's right. not quite as good as the NFL, but there's a lot of money that goes into this market. But by the time the game kicks off, Every big betting group and syndicate out there has had a chance to weigh in, and they've had a chance to, to pop these things on some of these sites that, that'll, that'll take 20 Gs or 50 Gs in the game. Like That number is usually fairly solid by the time the game kicks off. If you're getting a bet that is better than what you get at kickoff, right? that means that you achieved value relative to an efficient market. Uh, I mean, that's like if, if you're winning a bunch of games and you don't beat the closing line, you're either very lucky or you have insider info that the, that these big groups are, are not privy to, most likely. It's possible, and it's not like, hey, you have to beat the closing line on every one. That's not going to happen. You know, I, I, I'm i trying to hit like, you know, 75, 80% of my bets beating the closing line. 
Sometimes that happens. Some years it doesn't. I really want to avoid the ones where it goes against me, right? Because that means I'm misreading the market. And I think I've only had a couple of those this year. Uh, but yeah, that that's what I always use. I, I like I, I'll take a screenshot, you know, or or a scrape of the odd screen at kickoff, and I'll just go back and compare. So, okay, which which ones did I beat? Which ones did I not beat? How much did I beat them by? And then I'll group them into some buckets, you know, full game, you know, for, first half type thing. Uh, total sides are different, obviously, because a point on a side is different than a point on a total as far as the amount of value. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think I went two and six in the ones that that, that, I, that I beat by a full point this weekend. So that was uh, that was fantastic. So the closing line, so like that that's the, the where the line is moving um, is like there, there's not those are those haven't been winners. Like that's surprising to me. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like for instance, uh, North Carolina, I grabbed 10 when it opened, they closed what 13 and a half, 14. Yeah. Loss. That was, that was my own. That was one of my two losses on the weekend. So I'm with you on that one. They, they just got like, I I know this is going to be mostly an sec show because we correctly predicted that the big 12 champ would have a whole bunch of losses. Um, and we'll, we'll talk sec tonight, but that Carolina game, I just did the breakdown for the uh, ever game reviewed, you know, series that I do. And, that's a weird box score, man. Like it was a weird game. I watched I watched it off and on. I just feel like every time Carolina had a good drive, they started at their own like six yard line. So they're they're getting all these yards, but they were just starting from so far deep. And then when they actually got good field position, they didn't do very much with it. So yeah. It's kind of kind of wonky. I feel like uh I feel like Jeff Halfley's a good coach. Like yeah. I don't I don't I'm not sure Boston College is a good team yet. But I think Jeff Halfley's a good coach. I mean, have they have they even had a game? Has Boston College even had a game where they've averaged more than three yards per carry? Like they're just they're just grinding it into the ground and not moving the ball at all. But somehow Phil Dracovic is is found himself as a deep ball passer, and they get some big plays here and there, and they get they're op- opportunistic and they just sort of hang around, man. Which is I, I think probably an indicator of a pretty well coached team. Like they're finding ways to win. I feel like he threw fifty six times. I think it was this week. Like I, that's incredible. In that was, no think, scenario think, would I think that Phil Dracovic throwing fifty six times would be a recipe for them to stay in the ball game at all. And yeah. like <laughs> they did. Yeah. Well, so here's I, I pitched uh, for for the listeners out there. I pitched Bud on this tonight as a way to dig into the games this weekend. Sort of. A buy because the SEC is two games deep in the season. We might think we know who these teams are um, two weeks in. Reality is we probably don't in a lot of cases, but there is a perception of each team at this point. There's like a market value. And so uh, kind of an old go-to game to play in, in, is, is the buy or, buy or sell game. You know, are you buying this stock and we're going to sort of set the price on it? Are you buying the stock or are you selling the stock right now with all these SEC teams following this weekend? Because I really think that just like last weekend, like everyone, like Mississippi State, that, that stock would have been gobbled up last weekend, right? Like everyone was just jumping on the hot stock. And then one week later, they're losing to Arkansas, a team that hadn't won an SEC game in 20 tries. So, you know, Vanderbilt, oh, they play at Texas A&M close. Um, and then they get beat by 40 by, to Vanderbilt. Like, I just think 
you think you know, but you probably don't. And so I, I think it'll be fun to, to, to use this, these games as a backdrop to sort of where our confidence level is and, and where, our, um, where our expectations lie moving forward for some of these SEC teams that are really just getting going. Let's start at the top, man. Uh, Bama, I don't know, like 50-something 50, 50 points, AM 24. Let's go buy or sell. Alabama is the best team in the country. Right. So, obviously, you're setting a pretty high price here. Um, but I, I'm actually buying this ticket. Like I, I think that um, – I think, first of all, Texas A&M probably isn't a great barometer. Texas A&M is, is, appears to be a, a, a far cry from what the best case hope was for this year's team. Uh, because it's not just the Bama beat down, but Vanderbilt game looked like crap too. And they're just, you know, how can we have too high of expectations for Texas A&M? But that said, when, when Alabama's top guys are in, they've been totally dominant They're I think their defense with guys like Will Anderson, the true freshman edge rusher, um, and the return of Dylan Moses and Malachi Moore, a true freshman that's impacting at the star position and all these other Young, not young, but but guys that have been sort of backups in the secondary emerging right now. There's deep on the defensive line. I think Alabama's defense is better than it's been in, I don't know, I'd say at least like maybe three years. Um, I'm just sort of, I'm not, I'm not remembering a specific defense. I'm just thinking back to like last couple of years and hadn't felt the same. I think this year is closer to the same old Bama on, def- on defense. And I do think it's, it is still the same Bama on offense. And I also think in a, in a year of uncertainty and distractions and just, just just silliness, it's, it's a good year to be just a fully operational death star with a bunch of stormtroopers that you can send out. Like Bama is just, they are built different. Like they're just, they're programmed different there. And, and I think Nick Saban is a coach to trust in a season like this. So yes, I think like I put them in, in, in my CBS poll, I fill out every week. I bump Bama up to number one. I think they've been just a tad more impressive than Clemson. Um, and I have a little bit more confidence in them than Clemson. And we've yet to see Ohio state, but I, I think Alabama is, I, I think it, I think you can make a really strong case that they are the, they are the team to beat. I'm right there with you. I, I'm this is a high bar. There's no doubt that Bama has been the most impressive team through through two games. I, I do think that they're the best team in the country, and I say that without having seen Ohio State, obviously. But like Barton, they, they've already answered some of the questions that we had coming into the season, like you said with Anderson and 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 with Malachi Moore. Uh, I'm a little bit hesitant, like you are, to just shower them with a ton of praise because Jimbo runs an offense that Nick Saban loves to play, right? It's at its core, it's kind of a pro style offense. It's not one of these kind of you know, schoolyard football. Uh, who, who is the guy at, at Ole Miss? Um, Chad Kelly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like we're we're not Bo Wallace in this thing up. It's it's pretty much within structure, and Nick Saban's defenses lo- love to play offenses like that uh and we also knew that look bama 
if you're going to beat them, you have to be able to throw the ball outside receivers and win one-on-one battles. And I, I was kind of like, all right, we're good here after the first drive because A&M had two shots at one-on-one guys and they were fairly well covered, but uh, the ball placement on at least one of those was decent. Receiver didn't come down with it. And I was like, all right, they're not losing this. And then the pass protection. There are some questions for, to me about Alabama's run game. But, dude, the pass protection, like Mac Jones was, was rarely touched. And that's a fairly talented A&M defensive line, right? I mean, they, they, they got some havoc plays against Vanderbilt. I, I expect they'll be one of the better defensive lines that Alabama faces this year in the league. And Mac Jones had all day. I mean, this is just straight Phil Mickelson hit bombs. They were just bombing it on him. And yeah, it's AM and they're not as good as in the offseason we thought they were going to be. But dude, beating them by 31, like they treated AM like Texas treated UTEP. You know, like, like this is this is kind of kind of next level stuff here. Uh the emergence of, of, of John Mechie was mm-hmm. was pretty awesome there. We'll see what the run game does. They are actually fairly decent in in the four minute when they started handing the ball off to Robinson and and you know he was able to run. You know, run and kind of grind away some clock, but they they look the best so far. They're in comparison in comparing them to Clemson, they're they're just more explosive than Clemson. They have shown the ability to get to another gear that so far Clemson has not really shown yet this year. It feels like the game, like we've been so programmed for so long to say, man, well, who's like. Who wins in the trenches? Like, who's got the defensive line? Or who's got the offensive line? And and that's, like, I'm not saying that there's not still, that that's not still important, especially the defensive line side of it. But is does it does it feel like to you, maybe you may have, like, the, the freaking, like, statistical formula to back this up. I don't know. But, like, does it feel like it to you that this game now is much more about, like, who has the dudes, on, who has the receivers? Like for for the for, for, it feels like we're very much in an era where it's like, what are your receivers like? Um, can your receivers beat their receivers? Like when I think about Clemson beating, you know, Notre Dame a few years ago and just sort of smack, smacking them. Like the the main difference there was the perimeter. Alabama right now, I think the main difference for me between Alabama and Clemson is I kind of trust Alabama's perimeter guys a little bit better than Clemson's. Um, you know, Ohio State like consistently built around these really strong wide receiver groups. Um, LSU last year, I mean, what that, that, talk about a great example. Like those guys are like, like those guys made, those guys combined with Joe Burrow's courage and throwing them the football and just allowing them to go make plays. Like that's what made LSU impossible to stop because those guys could be covered and they go make a play. So it, it, do you, are you with me on that? Like, does it, are you are you sensing that same sort of trend where it's just the the old like what do you got in the box kind of talking point is is giving way to what what, what kind of what can you do on the one on one matchups outside not just to be Bama but period I I do agree to an extent like there's a certain minimum threshold that I think you need to hit up front on both sides of the ball in order sure. for that to become relevant right but then after that yeah I, I start to look outside and I I start to look. At the space game, I mean, think think about like the last four national champs. I'm going to cut it off here at four because, like, 2014 Ohio State, we we talked on the last podcast, just they had absolute studs on the outside, but they really were not a not an incredible deep ball throwing team. 
that 2015 Bama team that won, you know, with, with Jake Coker, kind of the same. That that was not a team that I, I identify as a team that was, you know, bombing it deep. But like since then, man, 2016 Clemson, NFL studs at receiver, bombing it deep, like consistently attacking you deep. Uh, you know, 2017 Bama, once Tua got in, yeah, I mean they were, yeah, you know, they, the they, difference. They were chucking it. Yeah, uh, you know, hell, hell look, look at the play to win the national title game, right? Uh, 2018 Clemson, that's the team you decided against Notre Dame, uh, and then last year 2017 LSU, they would chuck it deep occasionally. And the thing here is, it's like the evolution. Uh, at first, the spread was using the field horizontally and you know spacing everybody out that way. Now it's it's the best teams in college football are able to consistently go deep and connect. Like they're throwing deep, they're throwing the ball a long way in the air, and they're connecting on them at a high, you know, like a much higher rate than they used to. You know, and man, this Bama team is so scary in part because that pass protection really is really good. I mean, they have the time to push the ball down the field and to wait. Like some of these, like a lot of those were, that the brass that Mac Jones hit were double moves. And he just sat back there, like, oh, okay, DeMarvin Leal, whatever. Not a threat here. Just, okay. Oh, oh, hey, Waddle's finally open. Over the top. Uh, yeah, that's, they're, they're, they're scary good. How about, uh, how about on the other side, though? I'm, I'm going to throw one at you here. Texas A&M, buy or sell. We've already established that in Bama's class, but they can still go seven and three and finish second in the West. That was a, so you set this price and it's a high price for my taste. Um, now, I know that they have just, you know, they just had, didn't have a great zone against Vandy, and they just played the best team perhaps in the country. So it might be a bad time to cast judgment on Texas A&M. But I don't know, man. I don't, like, what's the, what's the thing you trust here? Because the thing, like, you, you don't trust Kellen Mond. Kellen Mond can flash you big plays, but you don't trust him. You don't trust the receivers. Um, Aeneas Smith is their best player on offense, but he, you know, even he like, like made some big plays, but he also had some drops. Um, You don't, you don't, I don't trust their offense to you. You've been critical of Jimbo Fisher, rightly so in the way he's, he constructs that offense. I don't trust that offense, the defense, the secondary got absolutely torched against Alabama. Um, I'm not saying they're not a good team, but I don't considering who this team is like, this is a Texas A&M team that's consistently let us down in that quest to cycle up. Um, I didn't see anything on Saturday and I didn't see anything last Saturday that leads me to believe that this team finishes second in the West. I think uh, this team, this feels six and four ish. So it's like seven. I could see like seven to three is possible. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dismissing that, but um, I, it feels more six and four ish than seven to three. I I think we're right there. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell too. Just I feel like this is a bit on the high side, but like somebody has to finish second in the West. I I have a hard time thinking that six and four gets you second place in the West. I mean, somebody's gonna stumble in, into seven and three, and you know. All of the SEC West contenders, aside from from Alabama, have had a legitimately crappy game to this point. I mean, LSU looked terrible against Mississippi State. 
you know, Auburn over the weekend, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, A&M you know, got, got, their, got their butts handed to them. I think A&M is actually the most excusable blowout loss, right? And LSU didn't get blown out, but like yards-wise, they definitely did. And it was also at home, and it was to the weakest of, of the teams that like a LSU, Auburn, A&M played so far. But like my main hangup here is that A&M normally plays so slow that it just creates unnecessary close games, right? They don't play at enough tempo to actually get enough possessions to put some of these teams away. So I could see them, you know, only being up a touchdown late against an Ole Miss or Mississippi State or Arkansas. So for for that reason, I'll go ahead and sell as well. By the way, five point four yards per target to A and M's outside receivers against Bama. It's not good. That's what I mean, we that that was. Like we highlighted that in 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 the in, in, the, in like the deep dive preview we did, like they yeah. had they had to make some plays and uh, I thought they were actually fairly creative with all the different ways they got the ball to Smith and Watermeyer. Yeah, but that was also sort of an like that that they told Gary Danielson in the production meeting and he said this on the broadcast that they were going to try to get what ten touches to Watermeyer and 20, 25 touches to Aeneas Smith. That's sort of like a tacit admission that you don't have the dudes on the outside to make a difference, and they didn't get their most talented, you know, athletic young guys involved. I, I don't think Devon Demas played. I would say Jamon Osmond is an above-average SEC receiver, um, SEC starting receiver. Yeah, but he, it's, he has his decision to opt out has an outsized impact uh, relative to his skill level like just they just needed him they needed that threat they needed that consistency they needed that sort of a playmaker um all right next game's an interesting one so arkansas beats mississippi state 21 14 mississippi state is the toast of of college football mike leach is going to take over the sec the air raid we're having whole our entire um editorial meeting is talking about how we're going to cover this mike leach takeover and you know like we're it's it's you know and and for good reason like this is this is going to be a blast and then, like, it's not seven days later, and we're in the Mike Leach experience of big time win, disappointing loss, puts up forty, puts up fourteen. Um, so we'll go. We'll start with Arkansas because Arkansas is the one that broke the twenty game SEC losing streak. Arkansas is the one that. Uh, comes off a win or a close closer than expected game in week one against Georgia and then they go and beat Mississippi State. The the price here is Arkansas will get two more SEC wins this year. You buying or selling? I think I'm gonna buy, man. And look, Arkansas they they weren't even necessarily the better team in this game. If Mississippi State can hold on to the ball, they they probably win. I, I don't want to oversell Arkansas here, but they they do get Missouri. There's a chance they could, you know, get somebody else. I want to give Arkansas some credit and also criticize LSU at the same time. Yeah, I had I was doing doing the every game reviewed column, and I had to take and slide my browser window over to my other monitor over here which is in portrait mode, you know, kind of up and down in order to take a screenshot of all the explosive plays that LSU allowed. Cause I couldn't zoom out far enough and still read the text. If I had it in my landscape, you know, like the side to side monitor. LSU allowed 15 passes of 20 plus 
to Mississippi State. Arkansas allowed one. Like, that's just called, all right, we're going to just be humble. We're we're, going to swallow our pride. We're going to drop eight guys. We're going to say, you can't be, like, we're going to be patient here. And it's not like that always works against the air raid. But against an air raid team that's only only practiced together for, you know, six, eight weeks, that's not a bad, and and like most of these guys have never played in the air raid, that's not actually that bad of a strategy and, and Arkansas with, with Barry Odom, who was the head coach at Missouri, who, by the way, employed Josh Heupel, who runs the Baylor system, which is an offshoot of the air raid, right? Under, under our Bryles. Like I'm sure that, that Barry Odom, when he had Heupel as his OC, understood a little bit of, of stuff that actually bothered, um, you know, that, that bothered these type of offenses and losing, you know, Kylan Hill early in the game, Obviously, here it's Mississippi State because maybe they can hand them the ball and, and make them make a pay for for dropping all those guys into coverage. But like, Arkansas looks they look, they look well coached to me, and they're they're just finding ways to win, kind of that Jeff Hapley way. I definitely don't think they're good, but I, I'm going to buy. I, I think that they're going to get to three SEC wins, dude. I'm going to buy two. Uh, this wow. is probably two buys. I know this is probably a. Um, a little bit like of like the remnant confidence I had in this team coming into the season. I remember Trey Biddy, our Arkansas publisher at 24 seven sports. They, 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 they do an awesome job with their site. Check it out. Um, hogs two, four, seven. And he, I, I remember asking him like, I can't remember when we were talking or when, but, but I was like, you know what? Like I, am I crazy for thinking that this team might be pretty good? And you know, I, I can't even remember what he said, but it was something to the effect of, "Yeah, like the maybe we'll, we'll see." I mean, I think there was this, there was definitely a, a sort of a subtle, just sort of defeated mentality of, "Man, I don't know. We've been pretty bad for a while. It might be who 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 knows." I'm not making any predictions, um, but like they have some pretty good players, and belief is a powerful thing. And I think what we've seen in the early going with Arkansas is belief. We saw it against Georgia. We saw it against Mississippi State. We saw trust in that staff. Um, and, and we saw a staff that was willing to do what it had to do to win that game, and they did. And so I don't know where the, the wins are going to come from, but I think in, in, in these two games, the, the, with, like, for them to have jumped out to a positive start like this this early, I think that's going to build on itself. And and I think Arkansas is going to continue to be be a tough out. Um, and and I think like this is a team. I remember last week I was talking about NC State uh, before this this upset over Pitt, and I was like, maybe it was even two weeks ago. I was like, you know what? Like they look good against Wake. Um, you know they're going to get blown out by someone. They're going to lose like forty five to three to someone. And then the next week Virginia Tech blows them out. Um, and then this week they surprise us all and they beat Pitt. I don't even really get the sense that Arkansas is that team that's going to like, like they'll get blown out maybe by Bama or somebody, but I don't get the sense Arkansas is going to be a team that I think they're going to be, they feel like to me, a type of team is going to be competitive every week and they're going to scrape and scrawl and clap, scrape and claw and scrap every week for a win. And I I like a team like that. Um, Mississippi state, the, the price is, 
will finish sub 500 after dominating LSU. So this is sort of a more reason, like it's a reasonable price here, I think, because if you'd set this last week, people would have called you crazy, but we'll finish sub 500 um, after dominating LSU. I'm curious what you think people would have predicted Mississippi State to finish if Arkansas was their first game and they lost it. Like people would be sitting here talking about, can they win a game, right? Right. So I last week in, in one of my columns, I said I, I I think Mississippi State has a good chance to to finish 500 now, you know, five and five. And the response I got from Mississippi State board oh, was, yeah. I was a non-believer. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. And, and they're like, look, we have four more guaranteed wins, and you know which one of the one of those guaranteed wins, of course, right, was Arkansas and Stark in Stark Vegas. But man, yeah, if they had lost to Arkansas to open the year, I think people are probably talking about them like two and eight. So maybe, maybe maybe one and nine. Yeah. Uh, So I'm going to go ahead and buy this. I I think Mississippi State's going to finish, you know, four and six, probably the most likely. Um, I think not every team. So you're buying that you're, you like, you're not saying by buying this ticket, you're not saying like you think they will be. They will exceed that. You're saying that you think that they're going to be a they're going to be like a four win team. Yeah, I, I'm buying them having more losses than wins. I think they will be like less than 500. Yeah, I mean, I I think that I agree with with that. Um, we all we all like Mike Leach came in hair on fire, 60, 60 attempts beats LSU. Um, and it was it was it was awesome. It was a great arrival, and it was fun. And it's a it was, it's a it's fun to have them in the SEC. And we all assumed, okay, let's see how this works as people start to adjust. And we're in people just week two, and they already got that L. And so I'm I'm very I'm just I'm interested. In, I, I I do think they're probably about a four and sixteen now, and uh, it'll be. It'll be an entertaining, uh, you know, next eight games because who the hell knows? Sort of as a corollary to your point, um, I think we all thought they were going to be one and one at this point of the year. That's true. Yeah. Just the <laughs> the way yeah. it went out is right. Know. Right. Uh, luckily for Mississippi State, uh, they do get Vanderbilt this year, which is like if you're one of those West teams that gets them, that's that's gift. And they also get Missouri from the East, so. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like they're going to be favored in both those, probably. Uh, but we'll see. Anything, anything can happen. 2020 is a weird year, man. All right, uh, where are we going now? All right, so the Ole Miss-Kentucky game, the price on Ole Miss is they will average 35 points. They will give up 35 points a game. So their average score and their average school points allowed will be 35-plus throughout the year. And they'll be the most exciting 500 team ever. I mean, I wrote this, but I'm buying. Like, <laughs> there, this is like Big 12 football coming to the SEC. Old Miss's defense is horrendous. They allowed 400 on the ground to Kentucky. Kentucky had three different 100 yard rushers. Kentucky, I mean, like, if they hadn't kind of messed around at the goal line there earlier in the game, they'd probably win it. Matt Corral. You don't see that few balls hit the ground in a walkthrough. 
And this is, they're so much fun to watch because like they're going to give up a million points. And the way Kentucky played them was very interesting. Like they, they allowed hardly any explosive passes, like, like as far as like the real, the, the bombs, you know, like, like Florida gave up some bombs to him. And Matt Corral was very patient, surprising to me a little bit, actually, that he'd Corral's be that like, patient and hit the underneath stuff. Yeah, props to Kiffin. Like, he's got Corral playing good. And, and, not the, and Corral's talented, but he's – I mean, I think there's a reason John Rice Plumley was playing over him last year, and, and it wasn't just that he's an athletic quarterback in, in a Rich Rodriguez system. I think it was that Matt Corral would do some things that would be – pretty frustrating for coaches and Kiffin's got him taking care of the ball. He's got him making good decisions. He's got him just flat out playing good football. If you saw Corral play in high school, like, you know, he has that like YOLO Brett Favre hero ball complex about him. And I, I think that's what Kentucky was banking on that. Hey, we'll, we'll play off. He'll, he'll throw us a couple picks. And he just did. Like, he, he was just accurate underneath hit guys in stride. And, uh, Make Kentucky make tackles. And uh, Kentucky's defense so far this year is its not terrible, but it's its its not quite what I thought it was going to be. Um, so they, they, they got a little room for improvement there. And yet, Ole Miss's schedule, Martin, is not, not super friendly. Um, I think I have them going 5-5, five and five, and I definitely think they're going to keep allowing 35-plus, and they're going to they're gonna score 35-plus in a lot of their games. So, yeah, go, go ahead and give me uh, – Go and give me a buy here. Yeah, I just want to be on the side of Ole Miss. Like I just, they're just, you know, like it's almost like when you buy a stock just because you want to, like you want to say you own it. Like I don't know if you're like a big Jack Daniels drinker or something. Like you'll buy some like stock in Jack Daniels. There you go. Or, or you know, like you just like I just want like don't like Ole Miss is just going to be a fun team this year and maybe a fun team moving forward. And they're getting exactly what they bargained for in Lane Kiffin, like to the extreme. And so, um, yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, the, the, the price on Kentucky is Kentucky will be the best three and seven team in America. So basically the price there is like, this is, this is a, this is just a team that's not going to get a bunch of wins this year. Yeah. Like I, I think they're going to be a, a, a solid team, but Barton, here's the rest of their schedule. Mississippi State this weekend at Tennessee, Georgia, at Missouri, host Vandy, at Alabama, at Florida, South Carolina. Their favorite against Mississippi State, I think they're favored at Missouri. Not by a lot. They're favored at home against Vandy. They might be favored at home against South Carolina, probably. I don't know. Maybe they can get to four, but this is – I, I I think I'll buy. It's daunting. So they've got so all right. They're 0 and 2. Let's just say 0 and 3 with Alabama, 0 and 4 with Georgia, 0 and 5 with Florida. Let's just let's you know, maybe they get one of those SEC East teams. I can't see this team getting they're at Tennessee. Alabama. So they're 0 and they're, so they're 0 and 5, so they got to go Three and two with the other ones being Mississippi State, Tennessee, Missouri, Vanderbilt, South Carolina. Yeah. Um, I think they can get to three. You know, when you when you wrote this out, 
I thought it would be an easy, like, give me, give me the, the over on Kentucky, but it is tough to come by. Like they missed two opportunities here early in the year. I'm going to buy like you're buying the statement. I'm buying the, I'm buying Kentucky. Like I'm buying that Kentucky will, 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 um, outperform that. So I, I'm going to, I say they figure out a way to get to four. I've just Ooh, sort of wow. been, okay. I've just been, I like I've it. been, a, I've been on the Kentucky train a little bit and I don't feel like it's time to get off. I think that now, 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 as I say that, and we haven't gotten to our Auburn, Auburn discussion yet, but you can look at that first week against Auburn and say, uh, competitive game, Kentucky really kind of executed the way they wanted to score. Doesn't represent how close it was. They, they got jobs at the end of the first half where they should have taken the lead into halftime, like yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, like Auburn might not be that good. And Kentucky wasn't able to beat Auburn. And Ole Miss is, even if Ole Miss is a good version of Ole Miss, no one believes Ole Miss is like somehow like one of the top teams in the West. So I don't know, man. The reality is like we got to recalibrate the way we think about a, a record in, in this conference only SEC. So I say four and six because I just kind of want to be bullish on Kentucky, but I don't know how much I really believe that. That's a, that's a, I'm, I'm having a hard time convincing myself of that as we, as we talk through it, but it, it's tough. It boils down to this week. Like they, if they lose to Mississippi state, then forget about it. Yeah. And I mean, who knows, who knows what their mentality is like if, if they go to and three, you know, so. All right. Missouri 12, Tennessee 35. Uh, this is, I, I wrote, and, and you wrote on this game as well. This just kind of felt like 1998 and Tennessee is just bullying people at the line of scrimmage, particularly with their offensive line against Missouri's defensive line. Just throwing Tennessee, out 98. Just, just throwing out 1998 in there. That's like half the usernames on, on, on GoVols 24-7. <laughs> it's like, feels like 98, you know, apostrophe 98. <laughs> uh, you know, so uh, they – they weren't super explosive, but they were extremely like in control of the game. I felt like from start to finish, they were almost negative, like almost never in bad down and distance situations. Um, so I set an aggressive one here. You you watched you watched a good part of this game. So your your buyer sell for Tennessee is they can finish tied for second in the East or better. So I I, I noticed you say tied. And that's I think that's probably a key distinction there, um, because I don't think they're ready to win the East, but I, I I can get on board with tied. Like I think that's the so the or better prior part. I'm not probably I'm probably not there yet. Um, like I would be, I'm sort of on board with the idea if the statement were Tennessee can finish as high as tied for second in the East. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, like, because, you're, you don't think they're going to, they're going to finish higher than second, but like okay, at, at least a tie for second. Right. Right. Uh, I think the offensive line is, is the offensive line, Jeremy Pruitt. Like when he got, when, when Phil Fulmer offered him the job and he accepted it and he looked at Tennessee's roster he laid down at um, in bed that night. He probably slept an hour and a half, and 
the thing that was keeping him up was was envisioning an offensive line and envisioning how he wanted a, a little bit of a ragtag, lightweight, not super powerful offensive line that he inherited and how he wanted that group to look. I think he thought about this, like what he has now. I think they've effectively built that. I think that they've effectively added the speed they didn't have last year and the year before that on the perimeter on offense. I think that they've effectively recruited a couple of monsters on defense. Um, And I think that they are a team that is like they're football players. And I say that in the sort of cliche um, uh, vernacular of, of just, He's a football guy. He, like I, it, I get the sense that these guys like football for the right reasons. They play it as if they like it for the right reasons. They play it. They seem like they like the competition, not the, you know, the turnover chain or whatever. You know, whatever sort of you, you have to do to get people fired up. Um, and I just think that they're going to be really good, and I think that they're going to get somebody. I think they're going to beat. I think that they will beat either. Georgia, Florida, or Alabama. I don't know. I don't think they're going to beat all of them. I don't think they're going to beat two of them. I think they're going to beat one of them. VOD. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> In my head, I was like, all right. Note to sell. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. There we go. Like I said, it's, and they may get housed by Alabama and they may get housed by Florida and they can, but I just think they're good enough to beat one of them this year. And I could be wrong. Because we're judging them on a South Carolina team that we're still figuring out and a Missouri team we're still figuring out. But I think they handled those two teams like men. Like they handled those two teams like they knew what they were doing. Um, and, you know, now the this week is when is the first real test. They got Georgia this week, right? They do. So, yeah. All right. I'm going to do the party pooper here. I'm going to sell. Yeah, out, huh? I right now I think they're like six and four, but I can get into seven and three. If I'm optimistic, I'm like, all right, I, I think they can go seven and three. You know, even if they win one of Georgia, Florida, Bama, they still have Kentucky AM and at Auburn. And I just I have a hard time thinking that they're going to be able to to be in a tie tie for second in, in the East or, or better. Because like the, even if they clip one, one of the big three they play, I just don't see them going three and zero against Kentucky A and M and and at Auburn. Um, so for me, that's 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 tough. I, I can see seven and three. I think you might have to go eight and two to finish tied for second in the East this year. Now, if seven and three gets you a tie, then I'll be wrong and Barton will be right. Assuming Tennessee can, can actually go seven and three, I. I just don't trust Garantano enough yet. And there will be some teams on this schedule that will be able to neutralize that offensive line enough to make to make Garantano put the game on his shoulders. And I don't know that I trust him enough yet. And I think one of those teams might be this weekend. Yeah. I, I To be clear, if I'm predicting the order of finish in the SEC East, I'm not predicting Tennessee to finish second. I'm predicting them to finish third. Like I don't think that they get. Like I'm. I guess the way I read it is, I don't know how I read it. I guess what what I'm what I'm saying is I think that they're capable 
of, of finishing tied for second. Um, but I do, again, I do think that there's a realistic scenario where they win one of the big three. And, and yet I'm also not ruling out that then they would lose some to someone else to sort of backfill that, that win, whether it is to Kentucky or Auburn or whoever. Um, but this is a fascinating team. And I think that they've, I think that they, and what I wrote about it this weekend is I, I think that they, I think that they have arrived in a very clear tier that's important to position themselves in. That tier being consistently winning, consistently looking competent, consistently beating the teams that they're supposed to beat. Uh, now, now we find out if they can get into the into the other tier. I, I think that's really fair. I have a buy or sell here, which you actually wrote. Um, Missouri will finish better than sixth in the East. Obviously, I think we're going to put Vanderbilt probably uh, in, in, in seventh in the East. So this comes down to really uh, what, Kentucky and South Carolina? I think so, yeah. Am I wrong that I can't judge Missouri yet? Like I, No, they were that's out- what, I think that's what makes this, what, this is a tricky question. Like Bama, they were so outclassed. Old or uh, Tennessee, they were specifically outclassed up front, and and Tennessee just like Tennessee started just kind of trying to salt the game away after like the opening kick of the second half. It, I, I was looking through it, I was like, man, they just they weren't really trying to push the ball at all after this point. And I like I, I do think if Tennessee stepped on the gas more, they they could have blown them out more. You know, if they really wanted to try, but I, I don't think Tennessee really wanted to. So I. This is the this is the first one where I really it's not like I, I don't just not it's not just a tough call. I just I have no opinion on this. I I don't know enough about them yet at all really. But I'll go ahead and say uh just comparing results. South Carolina was much tougher against Tennessee than Missouri was. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and 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 sell. I do not think they will be better than than 6. I, I think they're going to be just, you know, only above Bandy. Yeah, I I I'm I'm in agreement. And if they finish better than that, I think that's a really good sign for what's to come under Eli Drinkwitz. Because I just think that there's that I just think Kentucky is good. I think South Carolina is good. And we just talked about Tennessee. I just think if you're gonna be finishing above those teams, like you've earned that. That's not you don't back into that. Um, uh, maybe we'll be proven wrong on that because South Carolina's 0-2, Kentucky's 0-2, but I think like I saw some things I liked out of South Carolina. Um, and I, you know, I continue to think Kentucky has some good, good pieces. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I just, I think this is, this is a, uh, this is a year to get their feet under them in the sec. And then we'll see what happens after that. All right, Barton, we are almost at 600 reviews on Barton and bud, which is pretty awesome. Cause I, th- I think we're actually going to get there before we get to 40 episodes. So uh, very excited about that. Obviously, you guys can help us out. Give us those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening to this on a website, like maybe 247sports.com, be sure to actually hit that subscribe button on the player. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, probably soon to be on Amazon. So whatever you like, go ahead and mash the subscribe button. We'll be right back with you after this quick ad break. All right, man, we're going to head down to the swamp here. Florida 38, South Carolina 24, in a score that I kind of feel like wasn't really indicative of 
how in control of the game that Florida was for the most part. You know, like like UF pretty much drove and scored at will until it decided that the game was basically out of reach. And then South Carolina went on three ridiculously slow, like you know, seventeen play, fifty one yard drive. You know, that Florida was like, oh man. No, please, please don't go on a drive of, <laughs> of 50 yards. It takes 20 play. No, guys, don't do that to us three times. It was, I don't know, I was watching on Twitter and South Carolina fans were like, man, we're moving the ball. I'm like, yeah. We're watching, yeah, that's <laughs> hey, true. I was, I was loving it because I was sitting there. <laughs> I was loving it because I was on South Carolina plus 17 and a half. And so, hey, if you're going to methodically drive down the field, uh, eat up clock, and cut into that lead, uh, uh, that's a that, that's fine with me. Let's get this game over with and get you inside the number, and then let's get the heck out of here. I had Florida under 37 and a half. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> it was that kind of weekend, too. <laughs> Man, feel for you there. I was thinking, I, I was like, all right, either I bet South Carolina or I bet Florida under its total. I have some belief in South Carolina's defense because I, I think their secondary is pretty good overall. And then their safeties ended up playing uh, terribly. And UF has like dudes that I've barely recall as recruits just bombing on them in the secondary. And Trask, you know, is looking like Joe Burrow and all, all other stuff. So um, here's your buy or sell for, for UF. They're the favorite in the East. So I, I'm selling this not because I don't think that they can win the East. Um, I. Th- I thought they could win the East before the season. I didn't think that they would win the East. I, I picked Georgia to win the East. I certainly thought they could. And I am, I think that they are better than I anticipated. So, like, I, I'm not selling on, like, this being, like, a badass team, this being a legit team. But I do, I am sort of tapping the brakes. Like, I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of, like, is this the 2019 LSU, like, team? comparisons oh and I, I maybe not a lot i've seen it a few times like more than once more than twice and i'm just not i guess i'm just sort of pushing back on the idea that this is a a dominant juggernaut of of that ilk um and i i think i still have a little bit more confidence in georgia because I, I think I just, I don't know, maybe it's just I know what Georgia is. Like, Georgia just is what they were last year. Like, they're just, they're the same Georgia team that we've, that we're used to seeing. So I can, I've, I've got comfort in understanding what I'm seeing. I'm not sure I've got a firm grasp on what I'm seeing from Florida yet. I think their offense is awesome. I'll tell you what, I, if you want to make a comparison that I'm willing to sort of, that, that I think is more reasonable than that this could be 2019 LSU, I think specifically, Kyle Trask could be 2019 Joe Burrow. Like he's making to me a uh, pretty f- significant strides from 2019 to 2020. Like he looks to me like a different quarterback. Um, and that's not to say like, Joe Burrow's that, that was the best season of all time, but I'm just saying like that's a guy. Last year was his first year playing. He's second, like he's this is, this is his second year with um, Dan Mullen. And Brian Johnson, and you're seeing it. And so I believe in all that, but I also 
I think the defense has given enough indication through two weeks that we're not really sure what we've got there. Um, I think the offense is, I mean, what if, what if Kyle Pitts gets COVID, you know, like what's they, they, they are, he's a big part of it. And, and he's, and I, I'm not going to act like he's a, he's a one man show. I mean, Kadarius Tony was awesome. Um, they've, they're, they're finding playmakers at wide receiver, uh, that it, that are, they're stepping up, uh, beyond those guys. I think the run game is, is still a little bit of a, you know, I'm not sure exactly what we've got in the run game there, but they're certainly capable. I'm just, I'm, 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 wor- I'm not, I'm not there yet. Are you there yet? I have five, bu- or no, I have nine buyer sells for you, or actually ten. Real quick, rapid fire. Buyer sell. Jacob Copeland starts for 2019 LSU. Uh, sell. Buyer sell. Kyle Pitts starts for 2019 LSU. Buy. Okay. Kadarius Tony. Sell. Trevon Grimes. Sell. Malik Davis. Sell. Kyle Trask. Sell. All five of the offensive linemen. Uh, like trade those five for the LSU five, you're saying? Sure. Or like individually, I think you got at least four cells here. Yeah. So like I see the stylistic comparisons. But this Florida offense does not have anywhere near the level of elite talent that that LSU offense had. I mean, like Justin Jefferson, who was oftentimes overlooked last year for 2019 LSU, just put up a consecutive 100-plus yard game as a rookie today in the NFL. Like, this Dan Mullen is a hell of an offensive coach. But I think our point is Edward Gilair is going to be the rookie of the year. Yeah, exactly. And Jamar Chase is going to be the first receiver taken. (laughs) Right. You know, and Joe Burrow is looking like a stud. And yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Got his first win today, I think, over over Jacksonville. Did he? So. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so that that's, yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead and sell slightly, but Florida is better than I thought they were going to be because Trask seems to have taken that next step, at least through two games against two defenses, which one is probably horrific and the other one is, is, uh, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's bad, but, but South Carolina's defense may not be quite as good as I thought it was going to be. I mean, Tennessee also, yeah, that's a disappointing, that's a disappointing unit so far. Not that, not that I thought they were going to be like some, but I mean, that's Will Muschamp's. Well, we'll we'll get to South Carolina. All right. South Carolina. I'm also not Uh, quite as, as down on us defense, by the way. I'm not. Yeah. I, I will say like I was in real time sort of. As I was watching that game, especially early, I think it was the first half when I was sort of having these sentiments where I was thinking, man, as good as this offense is, South Carolina's moving the ball. And then I looked up at the end of the day, and I think that those moments were much more fleeting than I I remember because they had a pretty good day from a number standpoint. They had a pretty good day from, you know, like the box score tells you that maybe the, you know, it wasn't quite as it wasn't quite as um, forgiving of a unit as my, maybe my eyes were telling me it was. All right, quickly to South Carolina here. Gamecocks can still find three wins. Oh, uh, so let me. I gotta. I gotta pull up their their schedule here. Uh, my my hunch is my hunch is no. As I think about it, uh, but okay. So they got Vanderbilt. So let's just say that's one. Auburn, LSU, A&M. 
So they got to get three out of. You know what? They host Missouri. This is a pretty friendly schedule. Because, A, you're getting, so you're getting, you still have, like, a lot of your winnable games are still left. Like, I think Florida and Tennessee are probably two of the better teams in their schedule. I think the I think the Florida Tennessee stretch is probably a better stretch than say, like that, that's a tougher two game s- sequence than Auburn LSU, LSU A and M, A and M Ole Miss. Like you know what I'm saying? Like the there, yeah. I, I I think that's it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna buy that they can get to three. I'm gonna buy as well. I, I think AM at home is maybe sneaky more when people realize, especially like like this AM team might have a high quit factor, like on the season. They they, they with you. after this blowout loss, we already saw a couple of their guys opt out. They had a lot of offseason turmoil. Like this was supposed to be the year. Things are kind of coming crashing down around them. I, I could see a little bit of a quit factor there. So I'm gonna go ahead and buy South Carolina can still find three wins as well there. All right, LSU 41, Vanderbilt seven. Uh, we we have t- another one to get to, so I'm going to make this fairly quick on Vandy. Uh, Vandy will go winless and will score less than 100 points, so that's they will average less than 10 points a game in SEC play. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, Vanderbilt that 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 like last week, if Vanderbilt was a stock, you you, you short Vanderbilt last yeah. week because they 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 were competitive against AM, but like if you really looked at it, like that that was. They're, they had no business being that game, and they had no business being in the LSU game. And they're going to be—I just think it's going to get tougher and tougher, and the season's going to pile up on them. And so, I—I I don't mean to pile on and pick on Vanderbilt. I just think this is this is still as 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 much moxie as Ken Seals looks like he has as a true freshman. He's got a he's got a long he's got a tough road in front of him. And Barton, he really does not look like he has SEC level players around him. Like they're like the That's one the team in the SEC. They just they don't look like they belong at all. That's the problem. Yeah. They got they got pretty good defensive line, um, but they just no man. Like they, that's not a group that can get open, create separation. Like they're just they got a few single players out there here and there. All right, you created this one. LSU buy or sell will find a way to finish second in the West. So I'll I'll take I'll take the lead here. Okay. The thing with LSU that's interesting is I think the West is not as good as we expected. Uh I mean part of it is LSU's not as good as as maybe some people expected, but think about it. Like to get to second in the West, you just have to assume Mississippi State sort of takes care of itself and loses a few more games and, and you can be ahead of Mississippi like that 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 head to head doesn't come into play. And then the team you're gonna you're gonna obviously this let's remove Alabama from the equation. So then can you finish above Auburn, Arkansas, AM, Ole Miss? Like which one of those teams looks like they're better than LSU? I don't I it's a much more attainable situation than I considered after week one. I would it, buy it. I, I actually would buy it. And 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 I'm actually and I'm not even – I don't really think LSU is that good. But I but, but I'm just, I just don't think the SEC West is as good as it has been. Man, getting Vanderbilt is, is such a big deal in this. Like, like, 
you know, who you draw from the East matters, matters an awful lot. I, I'm going to sell this. So, so who would you, you sell it in favor of who, like, who would you, or you think is more likely to finish second? I, I, so uh, against the aggregate, certainly, but also just on an individual team, Mm -hmm. man, I, I kind of think Auburn, which I know is, is, is out there. And we're going to talk about Auburn in probably about 30 seconds, but it's not out there. Yeah. Like I, I still kind of believe in Auburn. Um, Bo Nix has shown me some stuff. LSU has a lot of young players playing. And I look, I don't think that they're immune from like the bad upset loss like we saw against Mississippi State because that 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 young talent they have is super talented. And they're gonna have some blowout wins, but they're also gonna have some days where somebody throws throws them a look they haven't seen. They also haven't learned how to be professional for for lack of a better term, a lot of these young guys and bring it every single week. Like that's a, that's a learning process. And I don't know that these guys are going to be able to do that. So I, I guess I'll go ahead and sell. I don't feel great about the sell, obviously. And, and talent wise, they, they are the second most talented team in the West. I, I think, um, hell, I, I don't even know that anybody, by the way, finishes within two games of Bama in the West. So like I actually seven and have, three probably wins the West. I have or the second written down on my notes, Pete notepad. I have, I'm selling this. And as I, my preamble there, I just sort of talked myself into it because I, but here's the thing. Like we'll, we'll just, we could just sort of roll right into the Auburn discussion too. So the Auburn, um, what's the Auburn, what do we have the Auburn line at? Uh, we're saying Auburn will bounce back and go seven and three is, is what we got the Auburn deal set at. So this is where, this is what's tricky for me is I, after week one against Kentucky, I didn't necessarily like what I saw on the field, but I felt like Auburn with some good young running backs. We saw Tank Bigsby flash this past weekend with a offense that's still kind of learning and developing uh, under Chad Morris with a defensive line that's not as experienced as last year, but will gain meaningful reps and get better and better that I, I last week I was like, you know what, despite, despite any issues I saw, I had, and I had several with what I saw on the field, I feel good about the in season development that we're going to see out of this team. And so I think, I think I need to remind myself that that's what I was thinking last weekend instead of trying to like recalibrate Auburn based on watching Georgia dismantle them. Because I think probably Georgia's just really good. Like this is, we talked about Georgia's, this could be a historically good defense. And so to, to then sort of turn around and be like, and, and, and get down on Auburn because of, because of, last weekend I think is like you got to either decide that Georgia isn't as good as we thought they were or that they are and I'm going to say Georgia is as good as we thought they were and so I'm not going to downgrade Auburn as much as as I'm tempted to and I'm going to I'm going to go back to yeah like I will I'll sell LSU I'll buy Auburn and I'll say you kind of talk me back into Auburn and and the idea that they are going to continue to improve and that this weekend is not a good representation of who they're going to be by the end of the year. 
Barton, I, I thought it was a freaking miracle that Auburn got to 216 yards against Georgia. Like, Bo Nix was scrambling for his life a lot, and they only sacked him, what, two or three times, I, I think it was. And, like, it's not like Auburn has a super complicated passing game where, where they're scheming, you know, their guys open on every play, but they, they do have some good speed on the outside with, with shorts and, and I, I trust Williams. I, I really kind of liked what I saw from Bo Nix last night. Like he was, he was trying to make it work and yet wasn't, you know, wasn't turning the ball over a whole lot either. So like, under extreme duress and he was against the defense. I'll cite my friend, Bill Connolly here, best defensive SP plus last 30 years, 2006 for Virginia tech. 1991, Miami, 2017 and 2011, Bama, and then UGA would be right in front of 2011, Bama. That's based on the preseason or like based on the first two weeks? It's or based what? on like preseason plus the first two weeks. Okay. Like projection plus the first two weeks. Yeah, but if it holds, they would be the, uh, the fourth best defense of the last 30 years in yeah. college football. Like, that's the thing. You know, Auburn only scored six points, only had 216 yards, but Remember when we did that kind of silly graphic about yeah. how many points are you going to need? I, I'm, I'm trying to – I don't remember where we put that thing, but I'm pretty sure we're 2-0 two, we're, we're two oh right now. Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, and for <laughs> Auburn, I feel like Auburn, the number was like 13 or something. So Unless they, we said something silly like touchdown. three for Arkansas or something like that, which which might have. I think I I think I might have said like seven. Okay, uh, but I think you might you might have gone low on on Arkansas. But either way, they're in pretty good shape, and I think it's important to remind ourselves about that. Like whenever someone lays an egg against Georgia, and you start convincing yourself that they suck and their offense is pitiful, like it's important to remember what they're going up against. This defense is it could be that good, and so. I don't love Auburn, but I tr- I I trust that team, especially that team, to to figure things out in a way that I'm not sure the other teams in the SEC West have proven that they can. Because uh, this is this is not last year's LSU team, and that would be the one that that would probably be the contender. Do you trust Gus more than two, the the two guys in that division who have Natties? In, in, in Coach O and, and Jimbo? Um, I think I do. I mean, I definitely trust him more than Jimbo. And I and I I think, yeah, I do. I do. I, I think I do, too. Um, my concerns about Auburn, and I, I am buying this as well, I'm a little bit concerned about Auburn's run game here, right? Like, they also really didn't run the ball all that well against Kentucky. They didn't run the ball at all against uh, against Georgia. And I'm concerned about them missing guys like Derrick Brown and those dudes up front. Like They got pushed around last night by Georgia's offensive line, which is really not something that I thought was going to happen in this game. I had Auburn and I had the under. And like Auburn's defense held Georgia to 27 points. That's true. But Georgia... I'm not really sure was trying to score 30 points after a certain point in time. They were just kind of like trying to win the game and doing that in the most effective way when they realized that Auburn was not going to be able to move the ball. Let's go ahead and go here to Georgia. I have dogs are a playoff team. Like Georgia is going to the playoff. I, I'm I'm selling this because – and I actually predicted them to go to the playoffs before the season when we had to fill 
I can't remember who I had to fill it out for. Maybe it was for 24 seven. Um, and I kind of regret picking Georgia, not because I don't think that they're good enough, not because I don't think that they are the, uh, one of the top four teams in the country. I just, I have a, like, what's going to happen, I think is they, they're going to they're going to play, obviously they're going to play Alabama in the regular season and they're going to play them in the championship game. If, if they, if they win the East. And so I don't think that, a, a Georgia that's lost to Alabama twice is getting into the playoffs. And I don't, and I'm not so sure that like a one and I guess that's where I'm at. I still think Alabama is better than them. And I think if you lose to Bama twice, that's probably going to keep you out of the playoffs. It, it, to me, it kind of depends on, on the losses. Uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and buy this though. I, 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 I had that kind of faith in in that defense. I I was impressed by a lot of the things Georgia did. First of all, I want to give Stetson Bennett the, the fourth some praise here because I did not think that he was all that impressive against, against Arkansas, and I, I was not persuaded by some of the arguments Georgia fans were making. But Auburn's defense is a lot better than Arkansas's defense, and like he escaped the pocket well, he threw on the run well, he showed off the mobility. For the most part, he threw in time. He threw the one ball that probably should have been picked, but like it wasn't, and it's fine. And like he is good enough for them to win most of their games pretty comfortably, I, I think. Additionally, he didn't just lock on to George Pickens. Like Auburn was was trying to take away Pickens for the most part, and so he found this dude named Kiaris Jackson, who I saw a couple times play seven on seven, and you know, once high school game, whatnot, and. Yeah, decently rated recruit, not a five star, but like one of these million four stars that Georgia signs. I'm pretty sure, and uh, he balled out. So like, if he can be their number two and really step up as a number two, that was one of the questions that, that the guys, you know, over at Dogs twenty four seven had about this team in the offseason. Like, who would step up and be the real number two for this team? I also think that it, it gets lost here, but they changed who was playing on the offensive line in the second half of that Arkansas game. And since that point, they've kind of just mauled people, right? Like they, they pushed Arkansas around a little bit up front in the second half of that game. They pushed Auburn around really from about the, the five minute mark of the first quarter on in this game. And like, if that's, if that's what they're going to be, then that's fine. Like maybe they'll run their new offense fully. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll just push people around. Zamir white looked pretty good. Like not crazy explosive, but, pushing the pile they're they're playing bully ball and that's there's not a lot of teams out there that I think can stop them from playing you know bully ball also I didn't see this did you see Stetson Bennett uh like get a fat lip I heard I did not when see they it. pulled him I did not see it. I saw I saw that I saw so I saw someone tweeting about it I'm giving I'm giving Georgia bonus points for this that is like that is like peak Georgia uh Stetson Bennett the fourth which is like the ultimate Georgia quarterback name and then he does that, and, and he can run. Like, dude, this this might be this might might be a sign. Kind of a country club name, but he's a good old boy in his in his habits. One of the guys sticking a big chaw in. You know, that's uh, that's 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 my quarterback we're, right there. We're gonna have these we're gonna have these, these Georgia fans on Instagram like get you a QB that can do both, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's yeah, dude. If this defense keeps playing this well, and we're going to see this weekend, I suspect that they are going to 
probably not allow Tennessee to run the ball a whole lot on them and see if they can put it on Garantano and, and see how well that goes. But how many points do they need to beat Tennessee? If they score 27, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. If they score 27, they win. I think that this is probably another game where they they probably – I think if they get to 20, 24, I feel pretty good about winning. They probably can win it with 20. Um, so we'll see. It's going to be awesome. We, uh, we're going to go ahead and cut it off here because we are at like an hour and 10 minutes. Really appreciate y'all listening again, guys. Five stars on Apple podcast really helps us. Uh, I mean, getting to 600 before 40 episodes is, it's pretty remarkable and, and it's all thanks to you, the listener. So you know, if y'all like the conversation, we, we, we try to keep it interesting and, and, uh, I know on, on the, the show we record Sunday night, drop Monday morning, it can't just be a recap show. So uh, hat tip to Barton for sure for coming up with this game. I, I like the buy or sell stuff, so we should do this. Maybe we'll make it a regular feature somehow. So cool, man. Uh, we'll, uh, I'll see you on Wednesday. See you Wednesday. All right, bro. All right.